Hi, I'm so glad that you've joined me today. Thank you for having me into your home and welcome to my kitchen. You know, as soon as this pandemic began and we were relegated to shelter in place, something happened that was very annoying. Our dishwasher broke. It, it stopped working. And so the, the time that we need a dishwasher more than any other time where we're having three meals a day, seven days a week for my family, this thing gave out. And so something interesting happened. I really had to learn all over again how to hand wash and dry the dishes. And I, I, here's the interesting thing. It was like a parable for me because I, I realized there's a four-step process involved there. And it's the same for having a healthy mind. And that's what I want to talk about today in our series, Thrive at Home. How do we thrive at home mentally? But, but first, let me just take you into my own life. I, I've had a lot of mental battles. I don't know about you. Uh, I start thinking about my teenage years. I, I really dealt with a lot of anxiety. Like I would have given anything in my teenage years for peace. Then I think about going on in my teenage years. I had what was very common for, for young men, which was an incredible battle with lust. It seemed moment by moment, sexual thoughts were bombarding my mind. Uh, I went on from there and, and really dealt with a, a mental battle with acceptance needs. What do people think about me? Am I valuable? Do people care about me? Those things just plagued me. Well, by God's grace, in, in college, I found a great spirit-filled on-fire church and really got some great biblical teaching and started to see some victory in my mind. But let me just tell you, walking with God for the last 23 years, running passionately after Him, I've still had to fight numerous mental battles, whether that was a, a bout with some depression, whether that was a real fixation on uh, accomplishment, uh, whether it's uh, fear, <laughs> you've heard me tell stories of, of claustrophobia, whether it's that uh, concern and, and, and real anxiety regarding insomnia that I fought for much of my life. I've had to fight many battles. And so when I talk about this today with you, I, I'm not saying that I've walked in your shoes. I'm not saying that I understand your mental battles, but I'm talking as a fellow struggler and a fellow fighter that I've had to lay hold of what scripture teaches because here's the beautiful thing. The scripture actually teaches this. It says, you will keep in perfect peace those who my, whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Do you know that God actually promises perfect peace for our mind? But it has been a lifelong journey of aligning with that word of God. Here is what I know as a pastor from talking with hundreds of people. Having a healthy mind is not something that happens because of the circumstances around us. I've met people that are so blessed circumstantially that are fighting crazy mental battles. And I've also talked to people that are in hellacious circumstances and yet are walking in the peace of God. What I know is that a healthy mind, thriving mentally, comes from aligning ourselves with the Word of God. And that's what I want to, to encourage you with today. 
But first, I, I was meditating on the scripture out of Mark chapter 2, verse 22. It says this, No one puts new wine into an old wineskin. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins, and the wine is lost. And so are the skins. But one puts new wine into fresh wineskins. When we come into the kingdom of God, there's a whole new way of living life. New thoughts and, and new habits and new actions. But what we can't assume is those can take place without having a new wineskin. And those things spring forth from your mind. And so we can't have the new wine of the kingdom without the new wineskin of our mind. So, so how do we get that? Uh, we get that through repentance. Uh, this illustration is, is, is so apt because wine, when you pour it into a container and it begins its fermenting process, it bubbles and expands. If there's an old wineskin, it's, it's hard and it's brittle. And the wine will actually bust through it and both the wine and the wineskin are lost. The Bible talks about the way we enter into the fullness of the kingdom is through repentance. That comes from a Greek word, uh, matinoeo. And matinoeo actually means not just to be sorry for something, not even just to turn and walk the other direction. It actually means to change one's mind. Isn't that amazing that repentance starts with a, a change of mindset? So how do we do that? How do we change our mindset to, to thrive mentally in a time, in a time where many of us feel like I did with my broken dishwasher, where I lost uh, some of the tools that I just normally function with. Like this is a part of my daily life and, and now it's gone. I mean, really there's two choices for us once we lost our dishwasher. One is just, well, let the dishes pile up and let all the food and, and, and the junk and, and it all just be there, or we're going to actually roll up our sleeves and do something about it. Well, that's what I want to encourage you in these last days. I don't know how much longer the shelter in place is going to be, but I believe it's an opportunity for us to do some work in our spiritual lives and to come out in such a, a more healthy and thriving manner. So what was the first thing that I had to do when I started having to hand wash dishes? Well, here's a, a gross dish. Here's some old uh, lentils on a plate. And what I realized is the first thing I do when, when cleaning dishes is I just have to, to, to take the junk and trash it. Yeah, I have to just trash it. I get it, sweep it right into the trash, scraping it, scraping it in. Here's the interesting thing. Uh, we know that you have to trash food in order to get it out of the plate and get something clean, but it's interesting how we don't think about that with our lives, that there's junk on the plate of our lives that is contaminating us, and we got to get rid of it. I, I, I think in the scripture about the eye, uh, the Bible says this, that the eye is the lamp of the body. And if your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is the darkness? So much of the reason that our minds are unclean and our minds feel dirty is because what we continually take in with our 
eyes. I remember the last time I preached on this, I was challenging the congregation. So what are the things we have to do to stop taking in the junk with our eyes? I remember the next week, a friend came up to me at church and, and, and shared a story. He said, while you were saying that, I was actually convicted. He goes, I had, I had collected and watched and read all the Harry Potter material, and I, I had really liked it and enjoyed it. But in that moment, God started convicting me. No, this is actually dark spirituality. This is spiritual thought and forces that don't come from Jesus. I need to get rid of them. So he actually went through his house and got it all in a pile. His wife actually stopped him in the middle of it and thought, and you know, yeah, we'll, we'll really see if he does something about it. I know how precious it is to him. But he got it all in a bag and took it out to the dumpster. And he said, I let it go. And I just felt a relief and a joy. Yeah, I was thinking about a single guy who, who shared with me that he, he struggled by looking at stuff online that he shouldn't look at. And so what he did was he actually talked to his roommates and said, guys, keep me accountable. I'm moving my laptop out of my room and putting it into the living room. And so the only time I'm going to be on it is when you guys can be watching me. Guess what? He started to get free. I, I love the story of the people starting to come to Jesus in the city of Ephesus, in the book of Acts, in chapter 19, it says this, Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done. A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total to them was 50,000 drachmas. I, I actually don't know how much that is. I didn't calculate that, but it sounds a lot to me. But here's the point. When these people came to Jesus, they knew a lot of junk needs to go in the trash. My question for you is before we come out of shelter in place, before we come out of this crisis, what needs to be thrown in the fire and burned? What needs to be trashed in your life? And it might not even be something like dark spirituality or pornography. It might be something that's seemingly more benign, like you're on Instagram all the time, but as you do that, you notice, gosh, it makes me jealous of other people, or it leads me to comparison, or, or you're spending too much time on Pinterest and finding that you're becoming more materialistic and always wanting things, or, or you're uh, on, on Facebook and, and just too much, and just it, what's coming out of you is junk because you're angry at what people are saying, or you're always watching the news too much and it's getting you all riled up. You know, sometimes we need to just say, okay, we're gonna push this away. And sometimes it's not even bad stuff, but we just need to take a break from it. We just need to scrape that into the trash for a while. Let's move to the second thing, because what you see is, even though I scraped this plate into the trash, it's still dirty. And so what I had to do next is very obvious, is you go to the sink and you start washing it. You, you, you take the water and you, you start getting it off. Well, I mean, you can tell that got a lot of the, the, the debris off. Because even after you trash things, there's still debris, there's still residue left over. Well, this reminds me of Ephesians chapter 5. It says, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. It's interesting how much washing is a part of our life. Like 
No one thinks I'm just gonna wear the same clothes for two weeks if I have a, a closet full of clothes without going and throwing them into the washing machine and washing them. Or, or we think, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna clean my car so it's not an embarrassment to me. Can I just tell you, how much more does a, a clean mind impact people? How much more than clean clothes do we need to give the world and the gift to ourselves a clean mind? But how does that come? It comes just like that through washing. And how do we wash? We wash through the water of the word every single day. You hear me incessantly talk about this. Every day you start with the Bible. Even before I eat breakfast, I feast on the word of God. Why? Because it washes that worldly mindset and washes the attack off of my mind and it cleanses me. The Bible says in Romans 12 too, don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You wash your mind with the word of God. So many of us live in discouragement. It's because we're not continually washing that junk off of us with the word of God. But here's the second thing. Even after I wash it with water, I need the disinfectant soap. And I see disinfectant soap not just like reading the word, but it's, it's scripture memory. Stephanie talked about it in her show, if you got a chance, about how when you, when you memorize scripture, it actually gets into you. And, and this is what's killing the bacteria. So the, the word of God actually getting in and becoming a part of you. I, I found nothing brings me more mental relief than actually using the disinfectant of scripture memory. Look at that. Now I'm getting the, the bacteria, the old residue. Mold's not gonna grow on this plate. That brings me to my third point, which is this. We then dry it. We, we take the towel, we take the plate, and we actually start drying it. We, we get the water off. And, and <laughs> here's the thing about drying a plate. Um, this is the part that actually annoys me, is it takes a little more time, and then I have to be really gentle. If you know me, I move pretty fast. And actually, so does my wife. And so embarrassingly, as our dishwasher has been broken, and we've been drying plates and then putting them in the dish holder to let them air dry, we've broken numerous plates because we just do it so quickly. And it's reminded me of how gentle and, and, and how careful we actually need to be with our minds. I'm reminded of this ad campaign that they did when I was a, a childhood. I think Nancy Reagan was the one that was behind it. And a person would come out and they would have an egg in their hand and they would say, this is your brain. And then they crack it and put it on a, a fiery uh, frying pan and say, this is your brain on drugs. And you'd see the egg just start sizzling. And they'd say, any questions? And I remember watching that as a kid going, whoa, like I don't wanna fry my brain with drugs. Like it scared me. But how much do we not think about how delicate our brains are in life and how gentle we need to be with them and, and, and how we need to protect our minds? You know, the scripture says this in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. This was actually the first scripture I memorized out of necessity. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all human understanding, will guard your mind and heart in 
Christ Jesus. Uh, it's interesting to me that we start with the phrase, do not. Do not. You know, there's things that we just should not think about. We need to know that some things are off limits to go in our brain. Lustful thoughts, entertaining fear, uh, negativity, jealousy, entertaining shame, self-hatred. Like we have to start with these are wrong. Like that, that is not something that, that we should let into our brain. Now, I, I wish it was that simple that we could just say, well, then once we decide, they're just not going to come in. That's not the case. But we do have to start with what am I not going to allow? Then I like the next verse after Philippians 4, 6, and 7. It says this, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. We actually need to change our thinking. Do you know that your thoughts are a choice? You're not just a slave to your thoughts. The Bible says that you've been given the mind of Christ. And the scripture goes on to say, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And so through the power of the Holy Spirit, through what Jesus did for you on the cross, through the resurrection and him coming and entering into you, there is grace and strength for you to actually put aside those negative thoughts that are trying to destroy you and put on the positive thoughts that will transform you. Now, it goes on beyond this because the, the, the last thing we do with this dish, now it's had some time to dry. I set it tenderly and gently down in the, in the rack. But now I set it. I set it. I set it where it belongs, in the shelf. So what have I done? I've, I, I've uh, scraped it, I've, I've trashed it, I've washed it, I've dried it, and now I've set it. Once they're clean, we put them back in the cupboard. It's, it's a proper place for a, a dish to rest. Here's what scripture says in Colossians 3, 2 through 3. Set your mind on the things of above, not on earthly things, for you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Do you know that we actually have a, a responsibility of where to set our minds? This is, this is a fascinating thought to me. I want to control the environment that my mind goes into. Now, you can't control everything. Uh, you couldn't control the family you were born into. A lot of times, uh, we're an employee at a business, and we can't uh, control the whole environment there. But what can you control? You know, I can make a decision that when I wake up, I go to a peaceful place and begin with scripture. I can then after that, go out into beautiful nature and spend time praying. You know, these environments are healthy for my brain. I, I then set up worship music playing continually in my, my home atmosphere at night before I go to bed. Uh, what do I do? I don't end with harsh or hard or scary or anxious things. I, I have healthy reading so that the last thing I'm doing is setting an environment of peacefulness for my mind. It's important to set that. But, but secondly, I think about how we don't just use a plate continually. Like There is a place that we put it to rest. And 
in the day and age we're living in, our minds are always going. Like we're always connected. Here's what I, I, I know is the average person, they wake up and they immediately grab their phone and, and check it. And then throughout the day, we're, we're, we're looking at that and, and we're connected to games. And, and do you know that we actually have rewired our minds? For many of us, we've gotten addicted to the dopamine hits that are released every time we get a like or everything that uh, every time we, we share a response on social media. I'm not saying you need to cut it all out, but I am saying that we need some time to just disconnect. It's one of the other reasons I talk about Sabbath so much. A day of the week where you're just not doing any work and you not just let your body rest, but we need to let our minds rest. Uh, we've got to be okay again with silence. Do you know that for thousands of years, humans survived without constant radio, internet, television? But until we're okay again with silence, until we're okay with some downtime, I don't think our minds will ever be healthy again. I, I challenge you to walk in and, and put your phone down for a while when you come in your home. I, I challenge you to not just always have every app open. I, I, I challenge you to, to actually have some restful time so your mind can be healthy. Now, let, let me just finish with this. I, I've really spent a lot of time talking about two different aspects of our mind, but I wanted to show you this diagram that we drew up because there's really our, our mental health is, is correlated with these four different areas. We're holistic beings. And so I've really, of course, focused on the spiritual. That's what I do. I'm a pastor. But also how to create a healthy environment. But I'd be remiss to not mention these last two, which would be the relational and the physical. Uh, let me start with, with the physical area of your life. Uh, I had a mentor who one time gave me some great advice. I actually called him. I was dealing with some major anxiety. My mind was racing. I was actually having some hard time breathing. And he said something that was fascinating to me. He said, you need to go out for a run. And I thought, how am I going to go out for a run? I'm, I'm actually struggle, struggling breathing. And he helped explain that when we work out, when we exercise, it burns the cortisol, those stress hormones that tax us. Can I just tell you that one of the reasons I work out is not just for my physical body, but also for my mental health. It's the same with eating. Eating right doesn't just affect your waistline and, 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 and your physique. Uh, if you just put trash in, loading your mind with tons of sugar and tons of caffeine all the time, you, you just put junk, your mind is also, your brain is an organ, and it will affect your mental health. Uh, thirdly is good rest. Uh, a mentor told me one time he had gone through a kind of a, a nervous breakdown, one of those crashes, and he went to see the foremost authority on adrenaline and stress. And this doctor told him, you could have circumvented so many of your issues if you would have just gotten an adequate amount of sleep because sleep restores your mind. We've got to think about this physical area of our life and understand that it will help us thrive mentally. Uh, lastly, relationally. Once again, you, you couldn't determine the family you were born into and you can't always determine the, the coworkers or the classmates that you have to deal with, but you know what you can do? You can choose your friends. Love everyone, 
Be kind to everyone. But the people that you actually invest in and the people that you let invest in you and the people that you let partner and carry you through life, I challenge you, let those people be uplifting, not full of negativity, not coarse joking, not harsh and always down, but let those be people that help you actually enter into a more healthy mental state. Well, that's a lot of information that we've covered today. But I, I want to finish by briefly mentioning this. We do everything we can to align ourselves with the Word of God and walk in, in right mental health. But there's sometimes that you just need help. That's one of the reasons why we have our Freedom Day. We encourage everyone to come through it. It's a day to help people get set free from the enemy's oppression on our minds and, and our hearts. And we also have a freedom team that you can re, uh, reach and ask for a freedom appointment. It's why we also encourage people to go to healthy counseling. If, if you had a medical problem, you broke a bone, we'd send you to a doctor after we prayed for you, of course, but if it didn't get healed, we'd send you right to the doctor and, and, and get them to help you, put a cast on it, give you some, some painkiller. Uh, in the same way, we affirm professional counseling and, 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 and at times getting that medication to help you out of your crisis. What I want to tell you though is first, let's go to God and let's align our hearts with the Lord and let's, let's actually go through the process of getting our minds set on the things of above and watch what he does to mentally take us to a place of thriving. I'll finish with this scripture. It's, it's my scripture for the year. It's one I've memorized. It's out of Romans 15, 13. It says, may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust in him so that your hope might overflow through the power of the Holy Spirit. Whatever situation you're in today, whatever mental battle you're fighting, God is the God of hope and there is hope for you. Well, I love you. I'm standing with you and believing for all of us to come out of this season in a more thriving place mentally. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray first of all that anyone who doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, right now that they would call out and to say, Jesus, I need you. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. And I thank you that those who look to Jesus are saved. Your word says, call on the name of the Lord and you'll be saved. And now, Lord, I pray for everyone that's in a place where they've been mentally struggling. I thank you that there's grace for them today. And now for all the rest, Lord, I am praying that we would all come out of this season in a greater place of health, life, and prospering mentally. Amen. God bless you, and we'll see you soon.